You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-WHO-HIS. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. All right, Dr. Scott. Well, um, let's see. It's been a little while. Oh, yeah. As the kids say today, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> um, last week, we had uh, Cody Gilmer and uh, Kim Smith from Indie Ghost. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was quite delightful. We got good response from that. So um, August 24th, they're going to be playing in a town called Abingdon, Virginia. And uh, at Wolf Hills Brewery. And uh, you all are all uh, invited. If you come, I will buy you beer. And it's as a long as you're not a recovering beer. alcoholic or underage. Yes. Um, and it's a wonderful place. It is a cool place it's to go. It's a cool joint. It's a very cool place. This, this will actually be worth coming into town for if you're kind of far away. I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd fly in from Jersey or anything like that, but if you're in the <laughs> area. Right you know uh the region i would definitely show up just come say hello and um uh that's going to be a good one they're debuting their new album satan's uh satan's texas vacation which has as far as i can tell nothing to do with uh the dark lord nor with texas nor with a vacation (laughs) i have no idea why they're calling it that i hope to find out more but I've been listening to the album incessantly on Spotify the last week, and it's uh, really, really good, particularly given that they self-produced it. I mean, they they do uh, Dan Fair as their uh, guitarist, and uh, he is also their recording engineer. So, but anyway. Are they going to play at Rhythm and Roost this year? I don't know. Uh, they're playing at Blue Plum today, so that doesn't help anybody that's listening to this. 
in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. I forgot that was today. Yeah, it's actually not called Blue Plum anymore either. It's called Little Chicago, but that's oh, way, right way, on. way too local, particularly given that we have people in Australia and uh, yeah. <laughs> other countries that listen to this show. So anyway, uh, check out stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon needs. Um, if you don't want to buy one of the things that you can scroll down, uh, it's just all things that we've talked about on the show, uh, things for excessive sweating, different supplements that we actually find have sufficient amount of evidence to recommend them. Um, uh, or, But if you don't want to do that, you can just click straight through to Amazon, but it does uh, help us. We're part of the Amazon affiliate program, and thank you very much for using that when you do. TweakedAudio.com. Uh, offer the best earbuds for the price on the market and the best customer service anywhere. If you use offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, you'll get 33% off your order. It doesn't matter how big your order is. So it's like getting three things for the price of two. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these places will give you a 5% or a 10% discount. When you see that 33% discount, it's insane. Uh, simplyherbals.net is Dr. Scott's uh, herbal website. He's got his famous, now famous, now infamous hmm. uh, nasal rinse. Hmm. It's got some anti-inflammatory stuff in the uh, uh, in the uh, guise of peppermint oil. So hmm. it smells good when it goes up your nose. Feels good. It's buffered saline otherwise, and it's uh, excellent. Good shit, man. Go to simplyherbals.net and grab some of that. And they also have uh, our late friend GVAC's favorite uh, fatigue reprieve and also stress less. Yes, we do. Anything else on there? You just No, that's it. You're not really innovating. Not anymore. right now. Not right now. <laughs> okay. Which it takes money to innovate. Yeah, that's true. A lot of money. But. I had some ideas for some stuff. But, um, the, 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 nec- the next thing I go into uh, business with Dr. Scott will be you know a your beer, idea a beer stand in hell <laughs> and hell will have frozen over <laughs> your idea not my idea so we're going your idea next uh if if you're a lazy jackass like i am and but you still need to eat <laughs> try freshly you get 40 dollars off freshly they deliver fresh prepared meals that make eating right super easy you can use my link at freshly.drsteve.com to get six dinners for $39 for two weeks. That's 20 bucks off each week. Give it a try and let me know what you think. If you don't like it, let me know. If you like it, let me know. If you don't want to try it, that's fine. Um, we used to do Blue Apron, and I still love Blue Apron. Um, but it was, um, you know, that's work. This is not work. This is popping stuff in the microwave. Um, and uh, if you want to lose weight with me i'm back down to uh, my ideal body weight after gaining 14 pounds on on vacation and you know dr scott it was no big deal good it was literally no big deal i didn't even stress about it because i'm like i've got this yep uh and it's all because of noom n-o-o-m you can go to noom.drsteve.com you get two weeks free and 20% off if you decide to sign up for it. It's only a three-month program, so you sign up for three months and then just sign off again. You don't, there's no none of this points stuff, uh, so it's proprietary, so you got to have a, a, a subscription to use the calculator like that other group does. This is not a diet. It's a psychology app. It actually helped me in my real life, too. So noom.drsteve.com. And then if you want archives of the show, uh, go to premium.drsteve.com, premium.drsteve.com for buck ninety nine. You can have full access to all of our archives. And if you use offer code FLUID, you can get 
50% off for the first three months. Now, having said that, if you would rather just have a thumb drive with um, all of our shows up to date on it, um, go to drsteve.com. There's a link on there. You just click on it. It's 30 bucks. It's 25 bucks for the thumb drive. You get a 32-gig thumb drive with 16 or 17 gigs of our audio on it and um uh and you know five bucks for shipping so mm. there you go all for 30 bucks but it's 30 bucks total it's 25 bucks for the thing and then right. all right phew cool all right good enough um dr scott you had a uh story that you wanted to do and then yeah. we've got a crap load of your phone calls to go through so what you got we were just uh, reading the uh, hell. Fucking lost it. Oh, you <laughs> fucking idiot! <laughs> so, Doctor Scott's version of show prep is he shows I up, showed up, opens up his laptop, and starts looking for stuff. Oh, hell. So, um, I'm going to talk about and one of the most interesting medical maladies that uh, is no, out there. It's well, okay, but I've already <laughs> started, so you can do yours next because you were naughty. <laughs> Um, Cotard's delusion. This is also called, do you know what that is, Dr. Scott? I do not. It's also called walking corpse syndrome. It's a rare mental disorder in which the person sincerely believes that they're uh, dead or missing body parts like the brain. Oh, wow. Uh, They tend not to eat or bathe. They often spend time in cemeteries wishing to be among their own kind. And their perceived own kind, at any rate. The disorder's been connected to a dysfunction in the area of the brain responsible for recognizing and associating emotions with faces, but including their own. This causes complete emotional detachment, removes any sense of personal identity when looking uh, at their bodies. And uh, medications can be used to treat the condition, though electroconvulsive therapy has worked better in some cases. So people think of electric convulsive therapy they think of one flew over the cuckoo's nest it's not like that it, actually even then it wasn't like that mm-hmm. that's the when they do it on tv and movies they really like to dramatize it, dramatize it the hollywoodized it uh when when i've seen i've witnessed it multiple times in my medical training and in my medical practice i've seen it done mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have an anesthesiologist there. They uh, put you under, and then they put these two electrodes next to your temples, and then they turn it on, and uh, it induces a seizure. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've seen is maybe the person's toe twitches maybe three or four times. That's it. There's mm-hmm. none of that thrashing around the table, the f- none of that. The foaming at the mouth. No, yeah. no. Yeah. And it's remarkably effective. It is obviously a last Yes. Choy, a last ditch effort. It's for people who have failed all the big guns of mm-hmm. psychiatry, talk therapy, medications, going to see Dr. Scott and having him stick needles in them, whatever. They've done all of this stuff and they're still so depressed that it's affecting their ability to exist. Right. Some of these people are suicidal, some are uh, just unable to function. And they do this, and it's amazing that it actually works. They found it. Uh, originally in people who had diabetes and um, had low blood sugar and they would have a seizure and then if those people had concomitant depression their depression would get better so i know a couple people that have had the ect therapy and and done extremely well yeah yeah yeah. so i mean it sounds barbaric um but it is uh, actually an effective technique so so what did you have no so i've got a plant a little bit of research new stuff on a plant-based diet 
may um, reduce your cardiovascular death risk by up to 32%. And the bottom line is they're talking about plant-based diets. A couple early studies showed heart failure risk and um, heart disease overall dropped by up to 40%. But this is a new study in the uh, Journal of American Heart Association talking about the um, uh, diets with more vegetables, legumes, nuts, whole grains, etc., uh, much fewer animal products um, show up to 32% a reduction in cardiovascular death risk, wow. which is which is pretty cool. I mean, we've been talking about it for sure. a long time, but it's always good to have but, you know, statins, science. Statins show the same mm-hmm. 32%, 30 to 35% um, reduction. And we've talked about this, that there's a difference between relative risk and absolute risk. So if I'm going to reduce my risk by 30%, let's just calculate what my risk is. Do you know what your cholesterol is? Uh, don't okay, care. If you don't know. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't care. No. So I know what mine is. So um, let's do this. I'm uh, 60 I'm, plus. Well, I'm 63. I, it's, you know, I'm not that. I'm, I was going to make a joke out of it and then realize by saying 60, I already ruined the joke. Um, I'm a male. I'm a non-smoker. My total cholesterol is 180. My HDL cholesterol, that's my good cholesterol, is 60. And my systolic blood pressure is 120, but I am on blood pressure medication right now temporarily. I'm hoping to get off of it now that I'm on my, uh, on my um, regular medication, okay? So uh, I have a 10-year, 9.4% 10-year risk of myocardial infarction or death. Okay, now let me see if my blood pressure, okay, if if I'm not on blood pressure medication, it's only 7.5. Okay, so at my age, it's a 20% average 10-year risk of myocardial infection or death. Mine's 9.4, right? So you said 30% decrease? Yeah, 32, yep. Okay, so I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask Alexa because she's been lazy. Alexa, what's 30% of 9.4? Duh. 30% of 9.4 is 2.82. 2.82. Alexa, what's 9.4 divided... Oh, shit. Never mind. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Alexa, what's 9.4 minus 2.82? 9.4 minus 2.82 is 6.58. Okay. So it would reduce my risk uh, from 9.4 to 6.58. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, it's really an absolute <clears throat> reduction of like 2, 2%. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Might make a difference. Yep. Yeah, but um, that's right. The overwhelming odds are I'm not going to have an MI in the next 10 years. Right. So let's just say you take a, a, a thousand people like me, and we're going to reduce the risk by 2.8 absolute percent. Okay. So that is 0.028, right? That's 2.8. Okay. Yeah. Alexa, what's one divided by 0.2? Zero two eight. One divided by zero point zero two eight is thirty five point seven one four three. Okay, so you'd have to put thirty five people on a vegetable based diet mm-hmm. to prevent one heart attack. Okay, does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so the 
the benefit, uh, this is one of these things, again, the benefit to the individual is rather small. Mm. It's non-zero, and it's really, you could argue it's not trivial. Mm. But the benefit to society would be great. Mm. You know, if we could prevent one out of, you know, one in 35 of all the MIs that are going to happen this year, Mm. let's see what the incidence, incidence of myocardial infarction in the last year Okay, here we go. Okay, every 40 seconds, someone in the United States has a heart attack. Okay, here we go. Every year, seven, God damn, 790,000 Americans have a heart attack. So let's say it's 800,000. Right. So um, we're, well, now we're going to see how many we can prevent. Alexa, what's 800,000 divided by 35? 800,000 divided by 35 is 22,856.1429. There you go. There you go. So Almost 23,000 people. We could, we could prevent... Give yourself a bill! 23,000 heart Roughly, attacks yeah. if yep. everybody did this. Yep. A year. You know? So that's 200,000 something in a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Interesting. Pretty big number. Now, was that a pure vegetable-based diet, or are they just saying increase your amount of vegetables? Yeah, just increasing the amount of vegetables. By how, yeah. by how much? They didn't say specifically. An apple a day? Well, no, and they, what they said on this on this specific report was it was a self-reported thing, so it's oh, not a great no. study. You yeah. didn't tell me I'm that. I'm just telling you. It's American Heart Association. Yeah, but they could, there could be a lot of biases in that, though. Of course, yeah, yeah. But, and, you know, when hey, people answer these, like, okay... So when I have to answer a questionnaire, how much exercise do you do? And I do none. I don't ever put that. It says, do you do three times a week? I go, yeah. Sure, why not? So people are going to answer one of these things, say, oh, yeah, I eat four servings of vegetables a day. You know, they're lying. Yep. So we've got to take that into account, too. Of course. Of but it doesn't say how much you have to do. Uh, that's not no. worth, that no. worthless to anybody. Well, Just to eat more not vegetables. Wor- it's, not, it's not worthless. It's a conversation starter. It's no, not that's... proof. It's not proof. Okay. But it's a conversation starter. You and your shitty articles. Hey. <laughs> this is written by a medical doctor. Oh. So there, yeah, there's no dumbasses in the medical field. Who knows? No, they're all, <laughs> they're all really awesome. <laughs> That's half of what I, the emails that I get, which, by the way, if you need to get in touch with me, just a weird medicine at riotcast.com will do. Um, or just go to drsteve.com and click contact and ignore the, the warnings. That's there for people who aren't listeners to the show. <clears throat> but so much of it is just dealing with how do I deal with my doctor? Because And then it's their doctor's a dumbass. Yeah, absolutely. Can't There's a guy anything. out there that has bloating when he eats mm-hmm. abdominal pain been treated for ulcers and multiple different things been put on ppis and i said ask your doctor about small intestine bacterial overgrowth syndrome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh which for those who don't know that is a syndrome where the small bowel gets colonized by bacteria that form a slime layer in the small bowel and when you eat they start fermenting stuff, and they're not supposed to be. Right. And uh, you get bloating and abdominal pain, diarrhea. You know, it, it mimics irritable bowel syndrome, but with lots more bloating. Mm-hmm. And um, and he wrote me back. He said, no, I already asked him about that, and they refused to test me for it. Now, that's just some dumbass. Yeah, it's not cool. 
just test them for it. Well, they probably don't know what it is. So I gave them some stuff to print out. I said, print this stuff out and take it in and say, oh, you know, I was just looking. They don't say you got it from no. some doctor on the radio because no. then they're going to dig their heels in. Like you're a, you're, you know, I'm not. Teaching them. You're right. telling them how to practice. Yeah, don't try to school them. Just say, hey, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. Because many physicians particularly are narcissists. And they may not have even started that way, but they are now. Right. And if you go in trying to school them with stuff, they're just gonna be they're, pissed, they're gonna yeah. yeah they're gonna be pissed and they're gonna dig in their heels. It's rare that one has got the self awareness to go. You know what? You're right. But mm-hmm. if you go in saying, "I just wanted to get your opinion on this. I, I printed this out. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think this could apply to me? Could we could we try this? Mm-hmm. That's a good one." And then you just show it to them. Yeah, then about half of them look at you and say, well, now you Google's your doctor now. That's great. That's And that's fine. Yep. And that's a time to go get another Find doc. Find another doc, yep. Yeah, that's a good There's a lot of great litmus ones out there. test. If you approach them that yeah. way and they still blow you off, then yeah. because this guy's got Most si- like SIBO. The SIBO, yeah. SIBO, SIBO. Yep, SIBO, SIBO. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Well, yeah, hopefully it gets better. Poor failure. I know. And no. if anybody has any questions about that, let me know. We treat it with a, an antibiotic called Rifaximin, mm-hmm. and uh, it's quite effective. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Let's take some questions. Number one thing, don't take Dr. advice Steve, from some asshole on the radio. What's the difference between uh, Narcan and smelling salts? I've um, seen both of them, you know, used on TV. It's probably not real, but, um, you know, they, they wake an un- unconscious person up. And I was just wondering how it works in the body. Yeah, now, this Good is question, a great Good damn question. question. Yep. I'm going to, I wish I had, to, well, I'll just give them some. That's a great question. So you got an unconscious person, mm-hmm. and you've seen this a million times. They put the smelling salts under their nose, mm-hmm. and then they wake up. Mm-hmm. Well, how's that different from Narcan, mm-hmm. which we're promoting for use with um, per- uh, person, op- opioid yeah. overdose? Could be also un- not And they're unconscious yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, so smelling salts really is nothing more than ammonia salts, and they if, if you ever smell it, just you know, take a bottle of ammonia. Don't, don't get it close. Don't get close. You uh, waft it. It's called the, wafting. The way that you waft, by the way, <laughs> we learned this in organic chemistry. You yeah. hold it away from you, about a foot away from your body. Right. Put your hand over it and then wave it towards your nose. Right. Don't ever stick your nose no. right over the ball. No. Never do that with anything. No. Hold it away from you and then use your other waft hand to it wave towards it towards you. Towards you. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, that's the smell that you get with these smelling salts. And if someone has fainted, mm-hmm. that will wake them up. But... Um, or if they're intoxicated mm-hmm. with alcohol or something like that. And here's the thing. Smelling I've never used them clinically, ever. We have them, but mm-hmm. I've never used them. If someone faints, the right way to wake them up is to get their, is to lay them down gently on the ground and then get their feet, hold their feet up. You can even put them on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, if you're kneeling in front of them, just kneel and put their legs, their, their ankles on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it's usually good to do this witnessed because if somebody walks in uh, oh. to your exam room while you're doing this, it's going to look not it's not going to look good no. <laughs> for you. Oh, oh, well, they fainted. I was just, you know, and come on. But um, or, or you maybe a better way to do it if you're in a room with furniture is to put their feet up on a, a chair, couch or, chair yep. or a couch or chair. Yeah, I agree. And uh, support their head. I mean, don't let them flop down. But, you know, you can put a little pillow under the head. But that will usually wake a fainter up right away because their issue is um, the um, circulatory system in their body has opened up and gravity is pulling blood out of their brain to the body. Mm-hmm. And this can happen for a lot of different reasons. It has lots to do with the autonomic nervous system. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. But uh, Or people who stand up too fast and their body doesn't adjust if you know when you stand up the uh, veins and, and arteries in your body are supposed to tense up so that there's more resistance to flow and you're pushing blood back into the brain but if it doesn't do that fast enough particularly in people my age and up it works a little bit slower you stand up all of a sudden the blood starts to rush out of your brain and you feel faint and you may even faint and again the treatment for those people is to um uh, you know, lay them down on the ground and get their feet up. Don't hold them up. I've seen people, you know, grab under their shoulders and try to hold them up. No. If the blood continues to rush out of their brain, they'll have a pseudo seizure. Mm-hmm. And it looks just like a, a real seizure. And it may even be one. I've never seen a good physiologic explanation for it, but they'll jerk like they're having a seizure. And uh, that's their way of telling you, put me down, mm-hmm. you know. So, anyway, now. You have someone that's intoxicated with alcohol, there isn't a whole lot you can do. So they'll use the smelling salts just as a noxious stimuli to just wake them up. And get their attention, sure. Uh, you know, loading them up with coffee, you know, it doesn't really do much. No. Uh, might keep them from going to sleep because you're just giving them something to do. To do. Time is the main thing. Time, time. If someone is acutely intoxicated with alcohol and they are comatose, uh, and you don't know how much they've had to drink, you got to take them to the emergency room because you can die from alcohol poisoning. Yes. Um, you know, if you see two champagne bottles off to the side and an enema tube sticking out of their ass and they're unconscious, they're, they may die. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, another reason to drink champagne, don't take it in enema <laughs> form because once you've shoved two bottles of champagne up your ass you have no control over how quickly this stuff is absorbed and you're going to absorb all of it yep very quickly very quickly at the same time yeah yeah because of the surface area of the bowel you know if you're drinking it the the stomach's smaller surface area and you get full and you get full or you start or you pass out before you can kill yourself yep so uh but so those people uh we may use smelling salts for now narcotic overdose whole different thing with a narcotic we call them opioids. You call them narcotics. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, stimulate a receptor called the mu opioid receptor. Now, there are other ones, too. There's mu, kappa, delta, and lambda. But uh, let's just talk about the mu opioid receptor. So the mu opioid receptor, when it is triggered, induces uh, somnolence or sleepiness. It uh, decreases your rate of breathing. It uh, makes your pupils pinpoint. And it slows down your uh, uh, the um, bowels as well, mm-hmm. okay, or peristalsis in the GI tract. Now, if you get enough of it, it can 
make you comatose, and it can even stop you from breathing altogether. So this is what Narcan is good for. Narcan is completely different. You spray it up somebody's nose or you give them an injection of it, gets into their system, and it displaces the mu agonizing or this mu stimulating material like morphine or Mm -hmm. heroin or whatever and displaces it off of the um uh, off of those receptors and they wake up i've seen this happen so fast i could uh so you walk into the emergency room Mm -hmm. i heard this story let's just say i heard this somewhere and uh there's someone has had a stroke and you walk in and the family's all around them saying you know Grandpa's leaving us. And uh, was he like this when he came in? No, he was sitting up, but he must have had another stroke. Grandpa's leaving us. And you look at him, and this person is comatose, breathing maybe four times a minute, mm. and they're actively dying. Mm-hmm. So you look at the at the, um, at the the chart, and you see they got four milligrams of morphine oh, wow. intravenous. And you also find out that they had uh, a creatinine of six. Now... For the people who don't know what that is, it's a, f- a measure of kidney function. And normal is 1.5 or less. And the higher you get, the more your kidneys are not functioning. So if, you're, if you know a thing or two, you know that there is a metabolite. In other words, when drugs get in the body, they go through the liver and the liver changes them. Mm. And we call those changed chemical compounds metabolites. And there's a metabolite of morphine called glucose-6-morphone or morphine-6-glucuronide. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. And it is only excreted by the kidney. Mm-hmm. And when the kidney isn't functioning, it's got nowhere to go, and it's active. It works, ju- it works on the body just like morphine does. So it accumulates. Mm-hmm. You can't get rid of it. So in a situation like that, you go and say, well, just hang on a second. And uh, you go get an amp of Narcan, which is the stuff we're talking about that competitively uh, inhibits the um, morphine at the level of the receptor, and you inject it. And 30 seconds later, that person sits up and goes, what What are y'all doing here? <laughs> okay. Um, right. I changed that story enough so that there's no HIPAA situation. I mm-hmm. made it hypothetical, but that's basically the gist of exactly mm-hmm. what has happened multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so that's the difference. Yeah. Um, smelling salts are just a noxious stimuli, yeah. like slapping somebody in the right. face. Narcan actually has a chemical uh, basis for its action, and it only works on opioid. Right intoxication it kicks those little boogers right off but here's a couple couple things dr steve too you know we we all love the movie pulp fiction you don't have to jam narcan into no. somebody's heart and number right, one right and they even though they if they injected adrenaline into her heart oh, was that what it was adrenaline yeah doesn't make any sense no. medically but it's a great that's story. you use adrenaline <laughs> right we used to jam adrenaline in people's hearts when they had um uh, a cardiac arrest mm-hmm. And they had no IV access. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was the last yeah, step I, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, and I haven't seen that done in ages. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. So, but, if Tarantino had come to me, I would have said, let's use Narcan yeah, for this. Yeah. But 
it wouldn't have been as cool of jamming this thing in Uma Thurman's, you know, sternum. Or, or or sticking in her nose and squirting it in her nose. It wouldn't have been. No. It wouldn't have had the same effect. No. Hey, hey, and correct me if I'm wrong. Such too. a great scene. It but was it great. Made, you know, and and it doesn't even, it's so it great, great. It doesn't even take me out of it. <laughs> no. It was great. Knowing that it's bullshit. Yeah. That was a great movie, by the way. Yeah. But, but uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, too, but um, when you give someone Narcan, yep. it displaces the opiates. Right. Temporarily. Right? Temporarily. Right. In other words, they're not magically gone. They no, still you, need to go to the hospital and, and make sure that, that they're treated Give yourself a bill. They will go back to where they were. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Scott. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. You have to, when if you give this to somebody, yeah, you immediately call 911, right. even if they seem fine. Right. If they have a long-acting opioid in their system, let's say that they took tw- 12 uh, uh, extended-release oxycodones uh, known on you know in the market as OxyContin, mm-hmm. those are going to be in their system for, for quite a while. some time. Right. I um, let's say I heard about another patient who uh, injected themselves with 14 milligrams of Dilaudid. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dilaudid is a very potent um, uh, opioid. And for someone that's not used to it, 14 milligrams is a lethal dose. Yes. Uh, you know, 1.5 milligrams of intravenous hydromorphone or Dilaudid is equivalent to 30 milligrams of oral morphine or three Lortab 10s. So that was the equivalent of just about 30 Lortab 10s, right? So uh, we would give, let's just, well, in this case, we w- you would give somebody uh, uh, Narcan, and they'd wake up for 15 minutes and go right back to sleep again. Mm-hmm. Give them another one, wake up, right back to sleep again, and stop breathing. So uh, what you have to do in that situation is do a Narcan drip. Right. So you are actually giving them a constant dose of this stuff until the other drug is completely out of their system. Right. So there you go. That's crazy. All right. Good That's stuff. a great question. Good, Good question. question. All right. I've got a Dr. Scott question. Uh-oh. Here. Yep. I love the show. I had a question for Dr. Scott. Um, what percentage does um, the Chinese herbs and or acupuncture have regarding ED or dysfunction? Like, I've heard that acupuncture and, and or the Chinese herbs help with that. What percentage does it help? Okay, we don't have to ask the same yeah. question yeah. three times. So, um, yeah, so do you have anything for erectile dysfunction? Yes, in traditional Chinese medicine, but, but not the really that doesn't compare to the, some of the Western medical drugs. Okay, quite and definitely not rhino horn. No, we no, don't do no. we don't condone that. No, or any other use of wild animal parts other than things that aren't endangered. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Doctor Steve, the way I, the way I address it is the same way you do. The first thing is figure out why they have ED. Yep. And I will tell you this: if it's if it's because they're stressed or have performance anxiety. Some Chinese medicines work really well. There you go. Okay, but now if it's a true low testosterone, or they do need a Cialis because maybe they've had some surgery or trauma or whatever. Yep. You know, I'm a big fan of sending them to uh, Western medical doctors. Yep. Getting some Cialis, whatever. If, if something's helpful, I'd like to do this wave yeah. therapy. Yep. I mean, I'll I'll freely admit I'm 63. With the Cialis, I get the erection that you know a cat can't scratch. Yeah, diamond cutter. Yeah. But and then other times I can achieve it, but it's not as consistent as it was when I was eighteen. Right, sure. And I would like to do that wave therapy. Is, uh, is wave therapy where the ultrasound your penis? Yep. Oh, I've seen it. Have you, know, you seen it? I know somebody's got one. I can. I you can know someone you that has one. Yeah, one of our friends here. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Hook and me it's up. About, it's Matter about eight thousand dollars. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, for the for the treatments, but it does work. Oh. It does work. Now it says here, the average cost is three thousand per twelve section yeah. sessions. Yeah, yeah. Well, our friend he he charges a little bit higher prices, but is he going to charge me that? No, no. But it'll be probably three grand for the twelve sessions. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so what it is? They 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 literally put up. They they. So you've seen it done. Yeah. Oh, they, you had it done. Well, no, I didn't you have it done. No, but son I know. Of a bitch. No, but I know the girl that does it. Okay. Um, so they put a numbing agent, or you put the numbing agent on your penis, right? Yeah. So that you won't get an erection while you're while you're um, having this this wave therapy, and it, and it's it's a some chick doing it. Oh yeah, and she's smoking. oh come on, no, there's no way I won't get it. Steve, around. she's smoking hot too. Oh my god, I'm not doing that. She's smoking. I'll just hot. buy the machine she's myself. Smoking hot. Oh man, I don't know how they stood it. But anyway, so what they rec- recommend is after you have the after you have the wave therapy, seriously have a have a plan to um, rid yourself of the uh, of the erection later because you're going to get it. Really? Yeah, yeah, it works pretty well. the The vibration it's a it's an ultrasound kind of vibrating therapy. Yeah, um, it seems to work extremely well. It's just expensive. Yeah, you, it's um it's been shown to be relatively uh, effective. Low intensity shockwave treatment is effective for short term treatment of erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It says its efficacy declines after two years, um, uh, particularly those with initial severe. De- well, who cares? Two yeah. years? I'll take two years. Fuck yeah. Hell, two years? I'll be half dead anyway. You're damn right. No, but it's it works. It works well. It's extremely okay. Well, hook me up. I'm doing it. Yep. Yeah, but Dill Chinese, you know, as far as acupuncture, they take payments. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he does. Okay, but um, you know, the acupuncture for ED is is not super super great. I'm um, surprised you're not doing that. honestly. Oh, the wave. I, hell, I would want her massaging me. No, 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 no. I mean, you. Oh, buying the machine, doing it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you? I I bet you don't have to be an MD to, or a DO to do this. Um, to buy it, maybe to buy it, but that would be their maybe. policy. I don't know that. I mean, exp- you're licensed. Hey, yeah, but I will tell you, it's expensive to buy. Sure, it's expensive. It'll come down. The um, yeah. Uh, let me see. These people uh, studied the long-term efficacy of penile low-intensity shockwave treatment two years after an initially successful outcome among 156 patients. They found that at one month, treatment was successful in 99 patients. That's 63 percent. But during follow-up, a gradual decrease in efficacy was observed at two years. The beneficial effect was maintained in 53% of the patients. So half of them yeah. were, were still happy with it. Yep. The other ones could just do it again. Yep. The, uh, the, uh, the treatment effect was lost in all patients <coughs> excuse me, with diabetes yeah. who initially had severe erectile dysfunction. Yeah, that's a whole different animal. Yeah, they're talking about primarily these guys were intact. There was no surgery, I'm doing surgical this. issues, no trauma issues. Yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's tell him I'll plug him on the air and he can give it to me for free. Shh. Doesn't cost him anything to just throw another person into the mix. No, no. All he's doing is he's paying her to her hourly salary anyway. And hmm. she's um. Yeah, you like her. Shut up. I don't care about that. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to uh, have any chance with her. No, but hey, at least you know, it's that's the, the thing. You got somebody the with their good. dick in your hand, and then they're rubbing this thing on there, and they know you have erectile dysfunction, because why else would you be there? Yeah. And then you're like looking at them going, so what What's are you up, doing yeah. Saturday night? Yeah, what are you doing you know? later? <laughs> How are you doing? I did that when I um, had my uh, first colonoscopy mm-hmm. and they filled up my colon with air mm-hmm. 
And then I, you know, they send you in this room and you just have these most thunderous flatus you've ever had. It goes on and on and on. And I remember sticking my head out and the two technicians were really hot. Yeah. And I stuck my head out the door and went, yeah, so what are you guys doing this week? <laughs> so anyway, I'm a fucking idiot. That's cool. All right. <clears throat> that was a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, let's try this one. Hi, Dr. Steve. This is um, Diane from New Jersey. Uh, I've been listening to you on podcasts and Sirius, and I took your advice, and I got the Shingrix vaccine. Oh, okay, so I went to my local pharmacy, and the pharmacist gave me a shot, and now I have tendonitis in my shoulder. Oh, no. are improperly injecting me. Oh, so my no. question to you is, how qualified are these pharmacists to give injections, or would it be worth more worth my while to go actually go to my physician, pay for an office visit, and have someone there administer the vaccine? Love you. Love the show. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, love you, too, and I'm sorry that that happened. Um, wow, there isn't a hell of a lot of training to... No. ...to uh, do one of these. I wonder, It just makes me wonder... You give them into the deltoid, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're doing it in the arm. The deltoid is the big muscle on the outside of the shoulder. And uh, if you have them relax that, there really isn't a whole lot of structure right there to cause a problem. I'd like to know where her tendonitis is. This is where, you know, P.A. John used to start asking questions Mm -hmm. of the voicemail. And it's like, John, it's recorded. You can't ask questions. But uh, I'd like to know where it is because... This seems very strange. I have been giving vaccines my whole career. I've had other people giving them. I've been in offices where this is done. I've never had a single person have tendonitis in that shoulder Mm -hmm. after being given. Now, this vaccine sets up a lot of inflammation. Now, I could see that some of the inflammation could have spread to that area, and then maybe it's caused some persistent inflammation in the tendon itself and has mm-hmm. caused a tendonitis. But, you know, right in the dead center, that fat part of that deltoid, there, you're there's right. Really there's really nothing there. There's not a lot there, but there certainly could be some. It'd be interesting to see where they gave her the shot. That is true. You know, because if they had gone towards the front or back, I mean, they yeah, could have gotten a little rotator cuff. Up. Yeah, a little rotator cuff. Okay, here we go, though. Okay, so let's, let's read this article because this is incorrect Injection technique can result in serious shoulder injury. So we are assuming Mm -hmm. that this pharmacist is using correct injection technique. Right. So uh, let's see. Um, In early March, several news stories covered potential shoulder injuries after vaccine administration. Patients describing serious shoulder injuries were showcased on television with some state. They couldn't raise their left arm after receiving vaccination from various types of health care providers. Oh, and others commenting they needed surgery to fix the damage to their shoulder. Ugh. The condition known as shoulder injury related to vaccine administration, CERVA, is rare but can occur with incorrect injection technique. Hmm. So let's listen to what the technique is. Serva is thought to occur as a result of unintentional injection of a vaccine antigen into tissues and structures underlying the deltoid muscle or trauma from the needle in and around the underlying bursa. So, okay, so the bur- uh, okay, this is starting to make some sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they could go too deep is what they're, what mm-hmm. they're saying. Uh, if you had a really skinny person and you just right. jam this thing in there and it's going down all the way down to the bursa. Or so thin muscle. So bursa, it, yeah. right. So bursi uh, are, is the plural of bursa. 
Burst is basically a, um, a lubricating device in joints uh, that have like a bone, like your elbow has got a burst of. If you feel the, just, you know, flex your arm and then feel the elbow. You can't feel the bursa, but there is one there that that lubricates the uh, this joint because uh, there's skin and structures that are sort of, um, what's the word I'm thinking about? You know, traversing this joint as you flex and extend the arm. There's they need the same thing as in the shoulders, it. right? Yeah. yeah, they need to slide over it without much friction. So... Uh, a model of a bursa would be to take a little bit of um, uh, olive oil and put it in a Ziploc bag and then evacuate all the air so there's it's just plastic, oil, plastic. And then if you take that between your hands and then rub it, you can, you can rub those um, two layers of plastic over each other with almost no friction. Basically what a bursa is. Now, when a bursa gets inflamed, it will increase significantly in size. And that's why you see these people with these golf ball-looking lesions on their elbows. That's a, an acromion bursitis, and uh, where their uh, acromion or elbow bursa has gotten a lot of inflammation, gotten really big. So uh, I just want everybody, when they're talking about bursa, I want everybody to know what we're talking about. After a vaccine injection, some patients may experience severe persistent shoulder pain and prolonged restriction of function, which are thought to occur as a result of an inflammatory reaction, which, of course, is what we're trying to set up. So, yeah, I, you know, if you in- injected vaccine antigens into the bursa itself, I could see there would be a real problem. Because you're, tra- you're trying to set up inflammation. Mm-hmm. But then you're setting it up inside this structure. <clears throat> it says most patients develop symptoms within 24 to 48 hours of vaccination. When presenting to their provider, patients may be diagnosed with deltoid bursitis or other conditions such as tendonitis, rotator cuff tear, frozen shoulder impingement syndrome, adhesive capsulitis, and shoulder bursitis. Uh, okay, so let's look at proper injection technique. An article published in the January-February issue of JAPA, this must be the Journal of the American Pharmaceutical uh, Association, mm-hmm. described a proper injection technique to prevent shoulder injuries. The authors wrote that injections should be given in the thickest, most central portion of the deltoid muscle at a 90-degree angle to the skin. Yes, this is proper technique. Other tips are to avoid vaccine injections in the upper third of the deltoid muscle and to have both the injector and the patient be seated to reduce probability of injecting too high into the... I don't know that you need to do that. <clears throat> Just don't inject too high. All immunization providers should be familiar with the anatomy of the shoulder to avoid giving injections too high. Now, she is saying, if you would Google this, what training are, are required for pharmacists to be able to give injections? Um it, what her question is: What training are they supposed to have, and would it be better to go to a physician's office? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, did you look that up, or you're just sitting I, there? You're not doing anything. No, I'm just thinking. Oh well, uh, I'm okay. I asked you to do something. Oh, I'm <laughs> you're not even listening. What training asleep. do pharmacists, pharmacists, God damn it, pharmacists need uh, to give? Give injections. That's fine. I'll just do everything. Hey, you know, a couple of the pharmacists we know, those guys giving us injections would be frightening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have mine over here, and he does an awesome job. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Administration of injections by pharmacists. This is the state of Ohio Board of 
something authorizes pharmacists to administer by injection any of the following dangerous drugs as long as the drug that's being administered has been prescribed by a physician. Um, but it doesn't say anything about... Okay, here we go. A pharmacist must comply with all of the following. Successfully complete a course in the administration of drugs that satisfies the requirements pursuant to paragraph K. Receive and maintain certification to perform basic life support procedures. Okay. Mm-hmm. In case somebody dies while they're doing it. So anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do have to have some training, at least in Ohio. <laughs> so there you go. Sometimes it just, sometimes things just happen. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I heard of a case one time where a very thin lady, someone, some genius gave her a steroid injection into her hip because she had some bursitis. Yeah. And dinged her sciatic nerve. So oh, gave her some it was too deep. Yeah, it gave her some pretty bad radiculopathy. Yeah. Thankfully, I fixed it. But it was pretty miserable. I'm going to throw this out there. There is a National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. So uh, you may qualify for this. Oh, wow. This person. Yeah. You know, um, just Google National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program and see. And I'll have people go, well, see, that's evidence that vaccines are bad. No, this is... Most likely bad, bad luck. Are awesome. But there are going to be adverse reactions. But if these vaccine producing companies had to fight every single one of these vaccine related Mm -hmm. injury lawsuits, they would just stop producing vaccines. So the federal government said, we see this as a priority. We need vaccines. Therefore, uh, we're going to set up a fund. And you guys will help us fund it, but we're going to have this fund to buffer you from those. So we'll deal with this. Right. Okay. So there you go. Kind of a little insurance thing for the pharmacists. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's exactly what it is. For, well, it's for and not uh, only for the pharmacists, but for the pharmaceutical manufacturers. Sure, sure, sure. All right. There you go. All right. Okay. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll get out of here. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Okay, because we're on the topic of vaccines, this is an excellent point. And I first thought this person was crazy, and then I looked it up and they were right. So hang on. Ah, dang it. Come on, you bastard. I've been doing a lot of cussing today. Hello, I was just listening to your radio talk show. Um, I know you're looking up stuff on the CDC website. I just thought I would let you know that the CDC is not just a government agency it is a for-profit agency they own several vaccine uh patents okay by owning the patents they 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 have a personal interest in the vaccines okay yes so this person made one factual statement and one counterfactual statement they're not a for-profit organization but they do own um uh, vaccine patents for certain vaccines. I looked at the list. Here's here's just some of them: nucleic acid vaccines for pre- prevention of flavivirus infection. This patent comes into play during manufacturing process of vaccines for yellow fever, Zika, dengue, West Nile virus, and more. So these. <clears throat> are relatively uncommon. Mm-hmm. Now, yellow fever, if you're going to, like, Costa Rica and going to be in the middle of the rural area, you got to get yellow fever vaccine. <clears throat> you probably can choose a yellow fever vaccine that CDC doesn't own part of the patent for. Mm-hmm. But um, these are ones that, they, that need support because 
who would ma- manufacture these vaccines? Right. Who would maintain these patents, the whole thing? Um, Not v- money makers. Various vaccine uh, testing methods, adjuvant patents, uh, assays that assist in vaccine development and vaccine quality control. So, um, you know, this the vaccine industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. I see this as the CDC supporting vaccines for, um, you know, uncommon things that may not be supported otherwise. If somebody can show me where I'm wrong on that, I'd be happy to uh, uh, take a look at it. I still see the CDC as being, you know, it's the Centers for Disease Control. They, they're they an excellent organization. I trust in the things that they say. I don't yeah. see that this making them now... A, a um, an unreliable narrator, yeah. to to use a prose term, you know. Yeah. All right, but it's very interesting. I I was not aware of that. Um, it's not like they're uh, they're they own measles vaccine and they're saying, oh no, measles right. vaccine is safe or a statin or company, any of that's yeah. right, 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 making gazillions of dollars. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. One more, and then we'll go. Hey, so why if you take uh, testosterone replacement therapy, your balls shrink, your sack looks all shrivelly, looks like there's nothing there. Yeah. Does that mean you're not on the right HCG? Can you talk about HCG and the best ways to get it? Wait, that question just took a left turn um, because this really doesn't have anything to do with HCG. um, I think he means... um, TRT or testosterone replacement therapy. So yes, when you take testosterone, you're the little bit of, uh, because you have low testosterone, presumably from failure of the testicles, you, um, uh, the testicles just shut down. When they shut down, it's like just closing up shop. They just shut, you know, shutter the windows and say, fuck y'all, we're out of here. And they will shrink. And um, if you don't want that to happen or you want to maintain fertility, you can use a, a medication called clomiphene instead. What clomiphene does is basically stimulates the testicles to produce more testosterone so it's more quote-unquote natural in the sense that it's coming from your testes. You still maintain fertility because the testicles still make sperm and uh, they don't shrink. Right. Okay. They may even get slightly larger. So, um, so yeah, talk to your prescriber. They, you know, if they're going to give you test, testosterone replacement therapy, they should be telling you this stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. You got anything? No, I think anything we're good. new in the uh, realm of uh, acupuncture? I guess there's never anything really new <laughs> since it's four thousand years old. But yeah, no, nothing. No, not All right. right. I'll come up with something next. All time. right. Well, thanks. Go to Doctor Scott. Can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Eric Nagel, uh, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, Fizz Watley, and we'll throw in Jim McClure, too. 
who's uh, supported this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.